Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Welcome to our podcast. We can't be the only ones. I'm Gail. I'm B. Thank you for joining us for another adventure in our lives. Hey. <laughs> After this week, it's been an adventure. So we're going to talk about first the things that we are grateful for, for the week, the day, the moments, or future gratefulness. Oh, so I'll start this week. And I am thankful for routine. Oh. It really, um, I have found that being disciplined in certain things that don't always seem the funnest ends up working out the best for me. So I have like a routine for sleep. I have a routine in the morning and it keeps me kind of centered and that way if there is something that's layered on I at least have the baselines okay okay so it doesn't necessarily like if I have to do something else and add it to my routine and I'll just speak about like getting Alina ready for school that just involves me shifting a little bit but everything else still remains the same as a routine of this is how we're going to get out of the house in the morning or whatever the case may be. So I'm thankful for having taken the time to have a routine because it does benefit when, you know, things start to shake up around you. I used to have a boss that used to say, and my dad used to say it too, if you know the road, if you have a map and you detour left or right, at least you know where to come back. Yeah. And that's what a routine does for you. Mm-hmm. That is that is excellent. That's why sometimes I'm, I'm up early, but I stay low. Because <laughs> I know you're doing your routine. Yeah. So cool. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Well, I've been cleaning out things, and I went to another huge box today. And I ran across another diary. Apparently, anything I had that had lines in it, I would write stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this goes back to May 25th, 2012. And I happened to write a, a couple of pages of things that I was grateful for then. Oh, look at that. And they're quite similar to now. That back then, I was grateful for a job. I was grateful for a roof over my head. I was grateful for my son, grateful for my daughter-in-law. I was grateful for the man at that time that was in my life. He will go unspoken. There you go. I was grateful for my health. 
I was grateful for my cousins, and I was very grateful for my grandmother who gave me the gift of unconditional love. And I was very grateful for parents who treated me and taught me that God, in all situations, you can trust God. And I was grateful for my brothers, my sisters, and grateful for my niece and nephew, and truly just feeling like I was a blessed person. And I have to say that I'm still grateful for all those things. There you go. And I feel very uplifted to know that, and you know, you forget some things that you write, mm-hmm. but I felt very uplifted that, you know what, hey, I'm still living a grateful life. There you go. See your routine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week's topic is my um, little takeover. And so I guess I'll start by asking you, have you ever heard of the imposter syndrome? The what? The imposter syndrome. No. No? It sounds familiar, but I'm going to have to go with that. Okay. So it's, it's kind of like a phenomenon. Some people call it the imposter syndrome, the imposter phenomenon, the imposter fear, or the imposter re- Impostorism. Impostorism. Is this, let me take a stab at it. Is this when you're being somebody else, but you really think that you are that other person? No, no, it's not that. So Close. I'm not taking on another identity. No, 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 no. It's not, no. You're not um, single white femaleing it out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought I was taking on another identity. I was like, this is going to be exciting. <laughs> She's going to analyze me for free. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> But it's, 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 it's basically where it was termed in 1978 by two um, psychologists, um, Clance and Imus in 1978. And they basically found that despite having everything around you that tells you you're accomplished, amazing, phenomenal, you just feel like you don't deserve the success that you're having. So you are going to analyze me. This isn't about (laughs) you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. I mean, if the shoe fits, that's fine. Size 11. If the shoe fits, that's fine. But um, they just don't believe that what's going on around them, despite like, okay, like you're amazing at math. And you're like, oh no, I got lucky on the test. And there's always like, you know, so they tend to overthink and second guess themselves. And then it causes those individuals to fixate on how we think other people are judging us, which most of the time people aren't even thinking about you. (laughs) And then we just, it is true. I know. I catch myself sometime and go, okay, they're not even thinking, let it go. Yeah. And then we fixate or ruminate on the judgments, which again, poisons how we interact with others and could possibly even like poison the things that we can do because now you're in the business of second guessing yourself saying, I can't do this or whatever the case may be. And it's just luck that you don't even try. So you're end up stuck and it basically steals your power 
and restricts your presence in the moment because you're outside of yourself questioning who you are and questioning what you can do. And it's, you know, when they first started looking into it, you know, they just thought it was more of a woman thing that, you know, women in high power position or, you know, just women in general would have mm -hmm. it, but men have it as well. Um, and it probably even shows up worse in them because they're fighting that stereotype of a man is. Yeah. A man is blank. And what happens when a man is in a position but doubts why he's even there? Like, how did I get here? Um, <laughs> I know, right? Pause. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. Makes you think of some people. Yes. A Pause. person in particular. <laughs> and even with black women, too, I would just say, you know, especially, I'm going to speak for myself, when you show up in these spaces, faces when there are a lot of white faces you're kind of like what <laughs> how'd I get here so you're questioning how you got here and thinking okay well I'm a token or maybe it's because I got lucky or maybe it's because of this and it's like maybe you deserve see I, never and I don't think that. I don't think about deserving to be around white people that I where mean, you are, where you are, where you are in your station of life. Maybe you've worked that hard to get there and it's not, it's because you worked. I know like in my twenties and thirties, there are a lot of events and things that I went to invited or not. Mm -hmm. And I would, um, and I would have friends, other black friends and say, come on, let's go. And they were like, no, it's just going to be white people there. Well, but you know, and I don't know if the word network was something we used, but I was like, well, we'll meet people, you know, and, and I really went for the food and drinks, but, um, cause they always had good food. I'm always drinks. here for food and <laughs> drinks. Pre-COVID, if yes. there was a gala, oh, I yeah. was there, <laughs> but I never, I, I always felt like I put myself there. Yeah. I didn't feel like they invited me or why. I just put myself there and felt like they can deal with the fact that I'm there. Yeah. But there have been times where I'm someplace and think, why? Why am I here? Like, why me? Yeah, why did I get here? What am I doing here? And most of the time, though, is because I feel like I really don't have anything to offer. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I would have to stretch too far and maybe I just don't feel like stretching. Yeah. And I think that's probably, that's an easy out. Yeah. You know, then I don't have to, I don't have to extend myself. I don't have to step out of yourself. Right. I, I, I can just, you've already made up your mind that this is not yeah. you. Yeah. And so I can see that. I can see that. And I've seen other people get places and just not blossom and you think to yourself why aren't they doing better they're mm -hmm. so smart they're this they're that but they don't see themselves at any as any of that and i mean that is crazy to think about but not even crazy i don't want to use the word crazy but you'd be surprised that it's just not like you have low self-esteem most of the time these are people who 
are inclined to do good things, not good things. I don't want to use the word good, but they're the doctors, they're the nurses, they're the engineers, they're the researchers, they're the attorneys, they're the entrepreneurs, they're the, you know, a lot of them. And you get there and you're like, what am I doing here? How did I get here? And there are some celebrities, scientists and other public figures. Albert Einstein said he had it. He experienced it. Maya Angelou, Emma Watson, David Tennant, Michelle Obama, they've all spoken about it. And then students who are in highly successful academic programs. So, you know, you have a kid that's bright that you're telling, oh my God, you're bright, you're bright, you're bright. And they make it to these esteemed institutions and they're like, how did I get here? And they start to struggle. And they begin to struggle. Uh, and then they just feel like it wasn't because of them. It was because of that they were selected on accident. So it's just one of those like wide sweeping things that people go through. Hmm. And again, the way it presents us. <laughs> Are you having a moment? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm thinking about back in the day. Uh-huh. When you, um, when affirmative action was first passed ah, mm -hmm. and people got jobs, you know, black people got jobs. Well, did you really get the job because you were good or did they just hire you so they could say, there's our black person sitting back there. There's our Negro. Cause we were mm -hmm. Negroes then there's our Negro. So we're good. We can have state funding. Yeah. Because we got our Negro. And then you weren't allowed to really do anything of value. Yeah. Because, and you can't, because I, I got hired in a job like that. I'll never forget, it's an unnamed grocery store because they still function in California. And I, I was excelling. I was like, oh no, we can sort this out. We can do this. This is a better way to do this. And, um... I was let go because I was interfering with the morale of the department. <laughs> How uh, dare you show up and do your job? And I was like, so I was just supposed to sit here and be dumb. Pretty much. <laughs> you, you weren't. So that can be devastating to someone. It, I can see how. I can see how. So I can see how during how that kind of developed during that period because there were people that were hired just so they could fill a quota. Mm -hmm. And that's why then others dislike them so much because you're just here. It's not that you can even do the job. Uh huh. Meanwhile, you probably can. At, around circles around you. Yeah. Because we come prepared to do not just our job, but we come prepared to do beyond. Yeah. So we can stay. And that was not the way to go. Uh, well, yeah, there are different types of um, imposter syndrome and it shows up in different ways. One of them is the perfectionist that like everything you got your high goals for yourself. And then when you fail to reach the goal, you just experience measure self-doubt. So it's like it mm. has to be perfect. And then when perfect doesn't occur, then your world kind of like collapses. collapses under it. And, you know, you got to yeah. ask yourself these questions like, have you ever been accused of being a micromanager? 
Do you feel like your work must be done, you know, 100% perfect 100% of the time? Okay, so you are going to analyze me. I just, just <laughs> look. I have been accused of that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, and, and when you're in that perfectionist mode, what is perfect? So, because yeah. there is nothing that's perfect in this world, you're basically always setting yourself up for failure because that's an unachievable thing. And I don't know. Now I'm going to defend them. <laughs> it's not that we want it Who to be we? perfect. <laughs> we, those posers. It's that we know that this is the way to accomplish something. And I... If my name is on it, then I'm going to need you to do it this way so I know it gets done. Mm -hmm. And it, it took me a while to get to a point where it was like, okay, there are many ways to get to the finish line. Yeah. But that, that took a while because if you're, but then again, think about the history of I got fired for doing a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I'm sure I wasn't the only person. Yeah. So there's, and you don't know where someone comes from and, and, and their reason why of doing things. Yeah. But if someone could have said that to me, you know what it is? I think you just don't want to, you got to trust yourself more. Mm -hmm. To believe that if you hired someone or you're, this even goes into relationships. Oh, it does. It's everywhere. Oof. Yeah, we're, we're getting deep, gal. Poor men. <laughs> so then there's the this superwoman. so much. <laughs> so funny. Then there's the superwoman or the superman. And then they just feel like they just have to push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up. So you're that superwoman. So it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna staple papers. I'm gonna staple them five seconds faster than you can. <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh you know, God. you're only getting paid for forty. I'm gonna work fifty. You know, just so that they know I am here and I am serious. And so it's like, you know, do you get stressed when you're not working? And when you're at downtime, you're like restless because you're like, I want to be working. I want to be working. I want to be working. Um, do you let your hobbies and your fa your hobbies and your passions fall to the wayside for work? Uh, actually, I let my hobbies stress me because I'm not doing them. <laughs> so funny. So this might not be you, but, <laughs> but yeah, the, those, you end up being a workaholic and you're basically addicted to that reward that comes from working. Like, oh, good job. Good job. Good job. And if you don't get it, you keep working for it. Mm -hmm, because it's an external validation and some, you're not always going to get that good job. No. You're not always going to, you know, so you're working with the hopes of being someone walking past and saying, oh my God, you're doing such an amazing job. And what happens if it doesn't come? You need to be able to... Because do you're doing your job and that's enough for mm -hmm. them. And the other ones are kind of the natural geniuses. And so they tend to be like, 
Oh, now we're talking about me. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so what happens because you are getting things quickly in a lot of areas in your life that the time when it doesn't come quickly, you're like, oh my God, what is going on? And you feel shameful. Yeah. I hit 60. Yeah. So again, this is kind of the perfectionist portion of it. Because I, 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 as I got older, I had to come to somewhere between 63 and now I had to come to the realization. It's not coming as, and then I thought because it's not coming as fast, I should probably quit my job, go live with my son and live in the back room or something because I, I'm just pretty soon I'm going to be non-functional. And thank God I, I got a therapist because she just thinks I'm hilarious. <laughs> I think all the little things you say to yourself, very yes. interesting. So now I just had to accept that, okay, I'm not going to be that 20-year-old that had a photogenic memory and if you're 20 and you have one enjoy it it will go away yeah and the way you can know that it applies because again this is part of the perfection is that like when you do it it needs to come like this because that's what you're used to is you know doing math and then algebra comes up and they're like oh wait there are fake numbers there's such a thing as imaginary numbers and they're like what i gotta learn this yeah so, you know, are you used to excelling without much effort? So if you're inclined to do well all the time, the moment that wall hits you, you're like, wait, this isn't real life. <laughs> like, you want to fold up tent and go. Yes. Do you have a track record of getting straight A's or gold stars? Like, I know for myself, I got like a lot of praise, you know, from teachers. So again, what happens when you hit that wall and it's like, now you have to work or you get that B or you get that C, like that could be demoralizing for you someone. You and Jim. Who does that? That's what my mother said. <laughs> yeah. So when you're faced with a setback, does your confidence tumble because you're not your performance and you just feel shame? And then there's the soloist. And so you're like, it's okay to be, a, you know, I'm going to be by myself. And, you know, you just, you feel like you got it on your own. So do you firmly feel the need that you accomplish things on your own and you don't need anyone's help? So you basically big yourself up, but kind of alienated the help that you could have. Then there's an the expert and they measure how much they, they measure who they are based on what and how much they know. And I'm not saying that experts, because I mean, if you go on Facebook, everybody's an expert, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, I haven't been on since my birthday. I've, I've had to lay low. Okay. But they, 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 you know, you end up believing, but I think it's the opposite of them because they believe that they'll never know enough. So these people may shy away from a job because they don't meet every single requirement. See, that wasn't my problem. Yeah. If I met one, I showed up. <laughs> you don't have a degree in this. Okay, but I can do this job. So, <laughs> so yeah, but it, it does. It, it just presents its, itself in a way like however you fall in. And I think 
some of us are guilty of it, of like being in a moment where you're like, what was I thinking? You know, you go back in your day and you're like, what was I thinking when I said that or whatever? And then you're in a place and you think to yourself, oh my God, this person doesn't know that they're like, let's say you're, you're having possible syndrome and you're about to get married. And you're like, my future partner doesn't know that I'm this. And they see you as marvelous, but you're like, no, I can't believe they're marrying me. Like, of all people, me. Like, they're going to realize that they don't like me. Meanwhile, they love you. Now I understand what happened to my husband. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It all falls into place. And it could also be like, okay, you end up saying that if you'll try this, you'll fail. So you're already talking to yourself out of even, even doing trying it. Yeah, even doing oh. it. And so then it can lead to different reactions, which is basically over-preparing to impress other people. So you spend like the mental bandwidth just preparing yourself to be in front of other people and how you're going to be. But now, as a race of people, I think African Americans in the United States as a whole do that because we feel like we must be better. Mm -hmm. And is it that because we think they're so much smarter than us, so we have to measure up? Is that what this is? I think just based on historical inequalities um, and the way they have pushed and marketed certain lifestyles to American people, the white people were kind of put on this pedestal and black people, even if you think about minstrel shows, if you think about yeah. a lot of these, you know, good times, you just have all these projection that this is what black people are. Now, if you are in a position where you have to, you know, some of it is survival. Like, I, I can't understand that some of it is survival because you, you're going to have to probably do your hair a certain way. You're probably going to have to speak a certain way. You're probably going to have to dress a certain way. So I think that part of it is that too you know yes you you spend some time doing that but is that who you are now if you're showing up with your sister locks on your hair and you're speaking the way you you know you you switch things up so i think part of it is survival though so it's not we're not posing no yeah yeah no i don't think so but then again when you get in the room too You've done all this. To get there. To get there. Then you might be stymied like, okay, why am I here? Yes. Why did I want to get here? Yeah. So I think it's kind of like part of it is survival that you have to get there. But then sometimes when you're in the room, you're like, why? Why am I here? And I had to do all of this to get here. Because I've well, been in some conferences where you're just like, this is stupid. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, but are you saying that because you don't want to be there? You, you did all of this and realized, I really don't want to be here. This isn't, 
or it's not that you're lesser. It's just I, I puffed myself up to to arrive at a place that I don't really want to be. Well, I think if you do experience that, I think that makes sense too, because then it's kind of like. But I think a lot of the times you're doing well, you're performing well, but you're just kind of like, why am I here? Am I lucky? You know, I did all of this for here and why? I worked really hard and the reward, is it that, are you a poser if the reward isn't enough? Sometimes, because that might be your perfectionism. Okay. So another one. And when did this come about, this term? 1978. Hmm. There's a book that um, Clance wrote on it in 1985. Um, then there could be procrastinating, that you just procrastinate. And then. There we are. You panic <laughs> about procrastinating too. Oh, God, yes. You're so <laughs> funny. <laughs> and then you, you just have, again, the desire to escape or withdraw from the situation. So you avoid your friends, you avoid your friends, you avoid your coworkers because you're just like, I don't, I, I gotta, I gotta get away from here. Um, and they follow you. Yeah. And then, you know, back to that whole in your head where you're like, oh my God, people are being so harsh and they think this is me. And you're like, no, ma'am, I'm, I'm not thinking about you right now. You're good. Like you're just worried about people and their thoughts on you. And then you have that belief that everyone else isn't a fraud and has never liked the fraud. So you yourself are here feeling like a fraud and you're like, everybody else is okay. I'm the only fraud. So you might as well, you know, put a big red arrow on me. Or they already know I'm a fraud. Yeah. I just found out. Or you're waiting for them to find out. You know you're the fraud and you're waiting for them to realize. Oh, wow. That's very stressful. It is. It is. And because it is stress, it does um, show up physically on your body like most things do. So you'll have like increased heart rate, shallow breathing, probably a panic attack, sweaty palms, muscle tensions, and difficult staying or falling asleep because... This is just so bothersome to you. Oh, wow. Do they, do they like teach this to parents for their children? They don't teach nobody nothing about raising no babies. Cause that, that's really, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure parents have raised their, their kids to be high performers mm -hmm. like all they, the time. Yeah. And, and th this could happen. Like you've just performed and excelled and, then you get in that test room. Maybe this is why some people take tests and get in a test room and just blank. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't do this. And yeah. you know you studied. You know you're prepared. But somehow, is that because you over-prepare maybe? No. They did talk about it in two, like, how it, how it manifests in children with parents. And it shows up two ways where there's, like, the constant criticism where you tell your child that they ain't, they ain't never going and they won't ever be. So oh, yeah. if they are, the, then you're kind of like my mom. And you got to understand too with kids, 
the voice that you hear most of the time is your parents, especially for children. Yeah. So if you're constantly criticizing your child and telling them what they can't do, how are they supposed to go in the world thinking that they can? And when they do, you're that first voice telling them what they can't do. Yeah, and if you didn't believe they could do it, why would anybody else? And why would they? Yeah. Why would they? So, and then there's that whole like, oh my God, you're the smartest kid in the world and you're this the kid in the world, which basically is the high expectations and the pressure that the child feels. Yeah. So, again, part of it, what they had mentioned was you know, praising the effort, like, okay, I see that you tried really hard and you got a C. I'm happy that you tried really hard and got the C. Let's see if we can, you know, try whatever we can do the next go round, but I appreciate you putting in the work versus because there are certain things that it just isn't for you right. to get. The best you're going to do is a C. Yes. And if that's being toted as not the best, mm -hmm. then you're just out of the game. Yeah. So, again, praising the effort and then, you know, helping them set realistic things. And then that can be your benchmark. And if whatever you need to do in the meantime to supplement that you can, but it can't just be like, oh, you, you brought a B home. Get the switch. It can't be that. Yeah. But for some people it is because yeah. they, they have such high expectations and maybe they're posers. Yeah. Pushing it out on their child to they're living vicariously through them. Because mm -hmm. if you don't get that A, you're going to be where I am. Or, and I don't even know why I'm here. Yes. And again, this could be high performing people as well where... You know, I did this, so you should be able to do this. And if you're not able to do this as my child, then that's a reflection on me. Oh, that's got to be terrible. Mm -hmm. That sounds like Donald Trump. We don't speak his name in this house. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing, though. Yeah, well, nobody cares. But can you just imagine what that is like to grow up like that? That with as, you, a, you, as a child, you never really know if so. You never really get rewarded verbally because it's never enough. Yeah, there are people out there, and there, I mean, there are a lot of adults who don't feel like they're enough, that they need to be in the rooms where they are, and I don't think that turns off and yeah. on. And I think even as a parent. Just even based on you being a parent, there are certain unrealistic bars that you're like, this is what a mom should be and this is what a dad should be. And what happens if you don't fit that criteria? Then you're like, as a mom, what am I doing here? Why do I have you? So I think it's just a cycle of like doubt. A cycle of doubt. And I think it just manifests whenever it needs to manifest. And it can go into so many other things that are so negative. Mm -hmm. Now, is there anything positive that comes from this? I mean, most of these people are goal-oriented. 
<laughs> and they are successful. But that it's just the task at hand doesn't leave them. So Okay. They still tend to be, again, high performers. But at the same time, there's just doubt. But it's just more so kind of overcoming it by, like, knowing that when you walk in a room, you belong to be there. Because you walked in there. You did not get lucky. You did not, you know, go to whichever school you went to and by chance they said, come on, let me... Let me take care of you and, you know, give you. And even if you went into the wrong room, sometimes that's an opportunity. Yeah. And you got to see it as that. Yeah. So it's just reminding yourself that you earned where you are. You worked hard. This wasn't luck. This wasn't by chance. This wasn't a lottery. That you being in that position, you deserve it. And then again, sometimes focusing on yourself, which I am a big proponent of. <laughs> we know. <laughs> I'm just saying nothing went wrong when you mind your business and you drink water. Okay. Really hard to go wrong with that. Okay. But, but you focus on the things that you can do versus saying, oh, this person is here. And you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on where everyone else is and not where you are. This explains so much about some people that I know that they always seem to be at the right place at the right time, or the right thing to say, the right thing to be. And, but then there are times that they just aren't, mm -hmm. but you can't tell them that they're not. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, and then you can kind of see the, I guess the veil get lifted and see this is a struggle for them, but they won't accept that it's a struggle for them. Uh -huh. And sometimes it's really good to be able to say, you know, I'm really good at math or I'm really good at this social instance, but at this one, I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, that way you might even be giving some other, some, another person who maybe this is their strong suit, but they feel like you're always so over everything. Let me just sit here and be quiet. Give them an opportunity to step up and say, oh, great. I can take this. I can show you. Let me, let me guide the way here. Yeah. And that doesn't, that's, that's a hard thing sometimes for people to do. I, yeah, I do agree. I agree. And again, the pressure that you're putting on yourself when you do fall into a trap of being, you know, feeling like an imposter is just that, like, I know, I know it can't feel good. You know, and it, I'm sure it just doesn't feel good. But they do say that what you can do is name it, you know, call a thing what the thing is so saying but see how many people know this to call it an imposter because imposter means well I'm... they're listening to the podcast oh well okay <laughs> <laughs> but before now like and still in my head an imposter is i'm like faking it yeah some people feel like that like you're faking it like fake it till you make it sometimes we even yes, tell people to yes do that. we we do but what that. happens when you fake it to the make it and you succeed yeah you've told yourself you faked it and then there you are. <laughs> yes. 
Now, now I must perform, and I have no clue what I'm doing. And you probably do, but you faked it till you made it, and now you've made it, but you've told yourself you faked it. Oh, I don't recall that. And if I did, I'm not going to admit it. At this no, point. Well, look, you have a therapist <laughs> for that, but... But I can, this is going to be a real struggle for some people. It is. It is. It is. But the good news is there's a way beyond this. Yes. So again, naming it, saying what it is, calling it, it what it is, doing more research. Don't just take my word on this. You know, do some research to see maybe this might be a feeling that you feel. And if you were doing it before and didn't know, again, I'm always like, words mean things. You know, if you didn't have the language for it before and you have the language for it now, then it makes more sense because who are you going to talk to and be like, you know, you ever feel like a fraud? Who are you going to have that conversation with? Or you go, you try to join a group and you just, you never feel comfortable because I think sometimes you try to adapt to them mm-hmm. instead of just be who you are and it will evolve mm-hmm. either this is a group for you or it is not and it doesn't matter what you do just like you said in the very beginning be yours just be who you are mm-hmm. not who you think people want you to be yeah and then to normalize it too because Again, a lot of the people, you have the Michelle Obamas, you have the Albert Einstein, you have, you know, you may have a smart child. They may think that they're the only one. So like he said, if you're not having the conversation, like, hey, do you ever feel this way? And like you and I have this conversation. I'm like, oh yeah, I felt that. I felt it. I, I mean, I felt it in middle school because I went to a predominantly black school and then went to a predominantly white Cuban school. So, and again, most of the white Cubans there did not, this is Miami, they don't think they're Hispanic. They think they're white. So they're not telling you you're doing great. Pretty much. So again, you feel like you, you made it there, but do you belong there? And if I would have had that information as a 13 year old girl, you would have felt better that, oh, it's not just me that feels like I'm the only one here. Or I have this thought, like we're all discussing it. So again, a lot of the people who have this or feel this way, are intelligent they're talented they're creative they're sensitive they're kind and a lot of the time because those individuals tend to do well you know you're not checking in on your strong friends no you're not and sometimes maybe you should yeah because it's normally going the other way around and I, I think when you're if you're my age there are so many opportunities and places where if you've been not in a neighbor, like you were raised down here Mm -hmm. where the minorities were the majority. Mm -hmm. And I was raised where we're not 
and I even went to a college that, I mean, there were a handful of us, and we looked, like you would look through the crowd <laughs> to find someone who looked like you. And then if you visited another campus, I mean, literally we ran up on this guy and just hugged him because it was like, oh my God, another black person. <laughs> we hadn't seen one in three months. Wow. And so you get to that school and that's an accomplishment that we got in. This mm -hmm. is a good school. We're here. Then a couple weeks in, you're like, whoa, maybe I should have went to Howard. What was I thinking? <laughs> Here I am, and people can't relate to you, you can't relate to them, it's almost, you almost shun yourself into your room because what am I, what do, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that that still goes on. Oh yeah. People arrive in jobs or places or and think schools. this is a great opportunity. Yep. But then you get to the opportunity and think, whoa, mm -hmm. or people start to talk a language you don't know. And I'm not talking about another language like it's Spanish, Italian, whatever. The culture even, has shifted. Right, they're, they're talking in such a way that you don't even grab, like you're thinking to yourself, are they speaking a foreign <laughs> language? And it's English, but it's not, they're not grouping together words you understand. Yeah. So that, that is, that's a horrific thing. Yeah. Yeah. So normalize it, have the conversations, research it, speak to your kids about it, especially high performing kids that need to kind of understand that, like you've earned it. You've earned it. Like, I don't know how many times I had to tell Alina, like, girl, you've earned this. Yeah. You've earned this. And there's always like, there's pushback, which I understand she's a teenager, but at the same time, you do see it in your children where again, at least for Alina, she is a gifted child. So for her, it's all, I think it is going to present itself. And I think that is something that as a parent, I'm going again, guidance counselor, <laughs> yeah, you have to pay attention to and, and, and almost look for it to happen. Exactly. Because you can't really prepare her because no. she's at that age where she's not going to pay attention to what you say No, in that regard. Like, no. what do you know? So you have to be like a hover. Pretty much. And kind of say, okay, here it is. Yep. But then you know, so that's why it's important for our listeners to, to, to kind of prepare themselves. Mm -hmm. And there may be some people, because of the pandemic, they might be sitting in there, why me? Oh, yeah, too. I can see that. You know, I'm, I'm locked in the house. You know, why am I here by myself? Or why am I, you know, woe is me? Yeah. Or, well, well like kind of the survivor's guilt, too. Well, but hey, you're still here. Yeah. You have the opportunity to perform, to reach out to other people. Yeah. So again, it's, it's good to understand it. It's good to understand that it's not going to be, it's not that it's not going to be, but it's going to show up in people who excel, you know, in your friends that excel. And I'm, I, I'm thinking of my friend group. And, you know, ask them, how are you? Ask them yeah. what it is that's going on. And then, you know, just by helping, contributing to their art, however you can to validate someone and say, 
you're you're you are amazing you are amazing and being able to reiterate to friends sincerely that you are the amazing one and you deserve to be where you are and i again yes. i'm just thinking about my friend group and a lot of them are super duper talented and they deserve it and now given what is going on they may feel boxed mm -hmm. in with this talent and they got no no place to take it yeah and again another portion of it is to honor the big picture so you know what your end game is and help other people when you feel like maybe they're feeling inadequate you know if you feel that you have a friend that's not feeling well maybe you can tell them that they deserve to be there and then you know just be mindful of the things that you care about because i think part of it is that because you are excelling so well you forget that you care about this that's why you're doing so well in it and you're like a train moving forward yeah so again to stay mindful here presents prevents you from going so far out of yourself and then reminding yourself that you've worked for where you are and it doesn't have to be a job sometimes i think it can be a mindset too where let's say you grew up a certain way and that's not who you are right now. Yep. So I think it, again, it, it just presents itself in a lot of different ways where you're like, okay, I grew up this way, believing this, and now I'm here, but am I a fraud for not being, you know, being here and not being there? Like, again, you know, I felt that this, I didn't know what it was called, but I, with the, my encounter in the supermarket with the woman who called me out on my name back in the day, because I'm from Camden, I mean, I just kicked her ass and moved on. <laughs> yeah, I might have went to jail and I'd have been like, okay, but guess what? You beat up. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> but, I, but I didn't, and it was when I, I told somebody about this who, who knows me from back in the day, and they're like, and you didn't. What did you do? You, girl, I don't know if I could have done that. I probably would have had it out. You, and 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 I kind of felt a little something about it. Like, did I? I mean, did I disown my people mm -hmm. by not really shaking her teeth or something or smacking her? Or, or did I, I? I don't know. I felt like at some point in life you have to say, I can't physically hit everybody that says something to me I don't like. Mm. And, and I felt something like maybe I had lost. You're not who you were. Right. You know, like, <laughs> you know, maybe the, the thug in me is gone. What's that about? But, um, it was really kind of an odd, pour some out. <laughs> it was an odd emotion there because I thought I had done such a great thing. And then and she was like, girl, I don't know. Really? And you just let her go. <laughs> what? So I didn't tell him. I was like really hesitant to share that with anyone else because I felt like I, somehow, I, I, how did I get there that I didn't know how to read this woman and, and tell her in such a way what a loser she was for speaking to me like this.
Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there was a time I could dress you down and you'd be halfway home before you realized what had happened. And I thought, have I lost that skill? I mean, how did I get here? So I guess I felt a little like I was being somebody I wasn't. Uh, yeah. So that, that's, that, whew, that was a moment. And then I talked to some other people who were like, please, we're past the age of beating down people. <laughs> you did the right thing. <laughs> I know. Somebody raped the fight. Yeah. But, and, but I guess that's, that's happening now. Mm-hmm. When people are of all ages, do you reach back to that, 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 that guttural instinct or, or do you not? Mm-hmm. And when you do it, then you're like, how did I get here? Either way, if you don't do it, it's like, how do I get here? If you do it, it's how do I get here? You have to know how to make the decision that you can best live with. Yeah. And again, I think a part of it has to go to your core values. Like, what are the things that you believe in? So for me, I honor my peace. Yes. So because I honor my peace, it takes a lot for people to get me out of the peace. Now, when I do get out of the peace and I'm like, well, damn, girl. <laughs> but like, It's on and popping now. Too late. <laughs> but then, you know, you do feel bad afterwards as well because you're just like, this is not who I am. That wasn't me. So again, I, I, I do feel like it's, it's, it's something that you got to be in the moment for. Like if you're paying attention to how you're reacting and validating yourself, I think a lot of this has to do with not even self-esteem, but self-validation. Now picking up the phone, calling somebody, hoping that they'll say, you did a good job, yeah. Gail. That was the right way. And I, I picked the wrong one. Yeah. But you need the person I should have just said to myself. Good job. You know what? That was a good job. Yeah. That was good. And went on my merry way. Yep. And we tend to want to, as you said in the beginning, we're looking for people to validate us. Mm-hmm. So I think self-validation goes a long way. And knowing who you are, what you believe in, and what those core values are. So that way it's not shaken. You know, when you, you, if you know yourself to be smart and you feel that feeling of, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I feel so dumb in a room of professors. You're like, no, I deserve to be here. I'm just as smart and I've earned my position here. And lastly, just again, as we have, talk about it. I mean, I think the more we are able to talk about these scenarios that go on the more better it is because then it's like we can't be the only ones we're not (laughs) (laughs) never are we never are we we never are so we really can't be the only ones so i just wanted to have this conversation well thank you i learned a little something and i was able to uh, you know apply it to current events there you go <laughs> it was it was very good, good. and I, I learned another meaning for poser yeah you're an imposter imposter syndrome i i do like this topic a lot um i think it's a very interesting topic 
So lastly, before we go, we oh, have yes. our self-care tip. I know we missed that last week. We didn't do it. Yeah, we did. I did the karaoke mic. Oh, that was self-care. I just thought that was just you. No, that's self-care. <laughs> sing. Sing a song. Oh, so it's my turn for a self-care? Yes. Oh, man. Hmm. Sing a song. A self-care yeah. moment. I did sing the massage. Well, oh, you know what? I had a friend call me this week. And someone that I worked with, and they were stressed and wanted to know, how can I unstress? What can I do? Can you give me some tips? And I, I, I told her a lot of different things to try, but one of them that I really kind of put a, a lot of emphasis behind was writing. Mm -hmm. And it's been such a delight to me because as I've been going through stuff, um, packing boxes, I've found where I've written things. And you, it really is very good because when you put it down on paper, it somehow releases itself, the hold it has on you. Mm -hmm. So no matter what it is, just write it down. Take 10 or 15 minutes out your day. And it doesn't even have to be that long, you know, and you don't have to, I don't believe because when I pick up books, I, apparently I, I wrote two, three pages in every one. Yeah, I got a bunch of them. You don't have to maybe use the same one repeatedly. I mean, I have one I've been doing since the pandemic so I can look back through it to see how it, you know, what was going on, mm -hmm. um, if it ever ends. But, it's you know. It's been 84 years. <laughs> so, but I mean, it just, just to write things down, it, it doesn't, don't make it a big deal where it has to be that special book. Because if it's a special book and you have a thought and you don't have the book, how can I write it? <laughs> so, and I find people that will become like that. So just write it on anything, mm -hmm. you know, and then maybe have a, if you don't have a book, write it on an index card, piece of paper, throw it in the envelope. Yeah. And, you know, 30 days later, just see what you've written about. And see if sometimes you've written those things and they're just not that important. Yeah. Because now you re go back over it and you, you haven't even thought about it since you wrote it down. So write things down, journal, notes, index card, back of a grocery slip. I don't post care what it like is. Candace from the Real Housewives. Yes, put post-its <laughs> up. Whatever, just get it out. This, wait, pause. Yes, please write. Did you watch Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? No. Oh. No, I'm trying not to... Diverse myself with too many housewives shows. Oh, it's so. Potomac is the only one I, I follow now. Yeah, I don't think you would like that one. Oh, well, perhaps not. But we'll see. We'll see when Potomac ends, maybe. One of the ladies, this is not new news, is married to her step grandfather. <laughs> I don't even know how that works out. Her grandmother was married to her step-grandfather and in her will so she says she said marry one of my girls to take care of so that they'll be able to take care of you so she married her step-grandfather after her grandma passed away 
<laughs> Even if your grandmother says something like that, you can't count that off as senility and say, okay, fine, <laughs> you'll be good. We'll take care of you, but we ain't marrying you. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah, it's, it's that. Oh, there's just something true. really wrong there. They threw me for a loop, and mm. they're black. So it was just, it threw me for a loop. I was like, who's, who's... The whole cast is black? No, they have one black girl on there, but the black girl And she's is... the one married to her step-grandfather. Mm-hmm. Okay. They've been married for a while, though, so at least it lasts. Is he old? He's older than her. He doesn't look old, but he looks older than her. Hmm. No, I'm good. <laughs> that, that's not a that's not a catch. <laughs> I know. I, I was watching it and I was just thinking to myself, this might not be for me. And then they're like overly botoxed and I'm like, this is I don't watch like the the Beverly Hills one, so I just I don't think that is our cup of tea. I watched the Beverly Hills for a while, and they just got crazier and crazier, and I just thought that's the the conversation seems to be very it. petty. I mean, just really crazy stuff, and they say we're crazy. They just, <laughs> I mean, they may not sling and slug it out. They do. They do vicious slap things, each other, but they do way more vicious. I'd rather have you not. Let's let's roll around on the floor and, and slug it out. Then get up, dust drag off, and be me. friends. <laughs> you want to be dragged? Drag me. And, you know, then dust it off and say, okay, we over it. Let's move on. You know, if we can do that. Yeah. But that other stuff, because they're vicious. They're so very vicious that, you know, they in Georgia and in Florida, someplace where you can carry a gun, it would be some trouble. That's how vicious and nasty they are in Beverly Hills. Oh, that they oh, yeah. could somebody could easily shoot one of them, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, she was in her right." <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't do it earlier. <laughs> yes. So as always, find yourself a new journal. And normally, I mean, that's not, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they have some really nice ones on Amazon or well, yeah, but you know, Walmart, just or one of those like 99 cent notebooks. Yeah, I'm saying don't get all caught up in the journal part. Write it down. I don't yeah. care what you write it on. Just write it on. Have your little envelopes, stick your little notes in there, and then you'll get to the book thing. And if you do journal and find it successful and find it a needful thing, gift one. Christmas is coming. Give one as a gift to someone. No, Berlin, I don't need one. I'm good. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> but but gift, gift a journal to someone. Help, help somebody through to get through. Gift a journal. Okay. Well. So as we always say, you got, we're good? I think we're I done. am. Okay. The so, e oh, wait. Thank you all for listening. Thank like you, thank us. You, thank you, thank email you. us. Just don't text me. Yes, and share with a friend. Please. You know, share with a friend, have the conversations. We tend to have really insightful conversations with one another. So um, let them know. And, you know, if you are just catching up, we got more episodes for you to catch up on. So my nephew is. Oh, see. So he says he's going to put a new. He's see. Tell us some stuff. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. Thank, thank so. you much. So, as <laughs> always, be safe. Be well. Be easy. Be blessed. 
Annalena's with her daddy. I'm going to stop saying this because you know what? If she ain't here, <laughs> I'm not doing no messages for her. What am I, a carrier pigeon? As her uh, guidance counselor. <laughs> I know. I'll do it for a beat. There you go. Good night. <laughs> Bye.